Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, actually in person today, Super Producer Brandon Newman. Brandon, hey! Hey, can I touch your face? Sure, I mean, if you really want to. You wash your hands? I do the back, backhand oh, okay. side. Oh, you're doing that. You're doing it. You're doing it like when you approach a dog in public and you give him the backhand to sniff first before you go in there. You got to. Got to. Otherwise, actually, I don't know. You Do you people do that? Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I say get down on their level, give yes. them the back of your hand. You really got to meet them where they are. Yes. Speaking of meeting them where they are, oh, shit. that's what we're doing this week. We made it, yes. Brandon. This is the first of our week of podcasts live, well, recorded technically, but yeah. live in person Yes. on the ground yes. in Arizona for Super Bowl 57. I'm very, very excited, Mike. Uh, we're here in Arizona This in our hotel, our host hotel. Um, you are staying with your parents, so I'm going to be spending a lot of time with you as well. But this is kind of exciting to finally be back together in this conference room. I know. Well, it's the first time you and I have been together since MLB All-Star Week out yes. in Los Angeles. We got to do the shows out there. Mm-hmm. Baseball's Dead Guys were there. Yes. That was a lot of fun. And we have the whole rest of the DraftKings family out here. The Sweat's going to be out here this week. Ross Tucker, Lombardi, all those guys. It's going to be a great time. We're very much looking forward to that. Um, you're going to be able to check out content from them all week, from us yep. at Gojo Show on all social media. We're going to be pushing out a ton of stuff all throughout this week over at Radio Row, like we talked about with Stu Gotts on Friday. Uh, you mentioned Stu Gotts. Perfect segue. The Metal Art crossover. God oh, Bless yeah. Football is going to be out here as well. That is true. I can say Dad, Stu Gotts, the God Bless Football game, Billy. So 
all of that this weekend coming from Arizona. Very excited about that. We're getting closer and closer. It's sad because it's the last week of football, but yeah. don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Yeah. And because we get to be warm for a little while, although I live in Los Angeles, you live in Florida, which, by the way, yeah. I, can I tell you the most surprising thing for me? As soon as Brandon lands, the first thing he does is call me when he gets off the plane and runs his airport dinner plans by me. <laughs> And tells me that upon landing in a new state, instead of leaving the airport premise immediately yeah. to go get food outside, mm -hmm. he wanted to eat the marked up food inside the airport. Ooh. And furthermore, I don't have a disagreement with this. Ooh. Brandon called me and he's like, hey, are we doing anything for dinner later? I was going to mess around with the Shake Shack in here. And I was stunned because Brandon's the one on this podcast constantly standing for the supremacy of In-N-Out Burger that is right here in his grasp that and didn't true. even think about it. So that should tell you a whole lot about the Don't. nature of the argument to begin with that, that didn't not, even cross your mind wasn't special enough to be thought of amazing that is not that is night i'm i am i knew i was getting on a plane so i hadn't had any meat at all all day long like like barely was eating like a bird all day long so when i landed i was effing starving and I saw the Shake Shack, and I did not think about the marked up prices, Mike, because I didn't get a Jimmy John sandwich in Florida because the giant sub was twenty four dollars. Now, I, I, now obviously we're company men, and I'm going to expense these things. So there's that. But <laughs> as the good Lord intended, I, Amen. But uh, DraftKings has a certain cap uh, per day, so I don't want to spend all of it on Shake Shack. But because I ate like a bird, like I said, I had plenty of money to spend on Shake Shack. I finished it. I'm a little bit in the beef coma right now. Um, you had a bunch of DiGiorno pizza before you got here, so yeah, we're all listen, hyped up on sodium. We're ready to go for this, yes. and it's important, but I just I, – I, maybe at some point this week, you and I will make the pilgrimage to In-N-Out. Yes, okay. And we'll I just, did skirt we'll around that We'll figure out the middle ground in this since it's become one of the core arguments of this show. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo Do wherever it. you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. And check us out all this week, especially on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Got nice cameras, fun lights out here. We're in the same spot. Bunch of people are going to be rolling through. It's going to be a great time. And, Brandon, we mentioned it's the last week of the NFL season. Yes. Which is sad. We came off this weekend the Pro Bowl, the newly imagined Pro Bowl. So it was like our last little appetizer sampler. Yeah. It's like the uh, the Pro Bowl now is like the free basket of chips they bring out at a restaurant. Mm. Where yes. I would or argue it's not – the most important part of your meal at all anymore. It's almost an afterthought, but at the same time, when you don't get it, all of a sudden you're looking around going, huh, this is kind of weird, and this year we got a new version of it. So it's like your favorite restaurant all of a sudden changed up what chips they use. Or maybe yeah. they don't do the house-made guac anymore. It's just salsa. I, I like that analogy, Mike, especially since it was stripped down of seriousness in a way all the way down to their attire, Mike. When I saw the Pro Bowl and saw that they were literally just wearing T-shirts and shorts, like – like less than what you would see in a seven-on-seven seven competition, I was like, "Oh, they're really reimagining these things." And I just think this chips is great, is a great analogy because instead of like a bowl of chips, it's like a little bag to go from Chipotle. Like that's Ooh. what it, that's what it felt like. I was gonna say it's like when the restaurant hands you the disc chip and asks you to break it up yourself. You know when oh, they give you the large yeah. circles and you got to bust it up yourself and there's something kind of exciting about it, but then you're like, I have to do way much too much work to make this fun. Yeah, That's kind of what the Pro Bowl Sunday felt like. We talked about the games on Friday. The yeah. stuff they did on Thursday, awesome. Water balloon toss, all that stuff, sign me up. Every yes. day, twice on Sunday, seeing all-world athletes, multimillionaires who put their bodies on the line get owned by lawn games that we play as kids, Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Getting to the flag football game on Sunday, could have done without it. 
didn't really do a lot for me, especially once I saw that you could rush. Like, I saw... You're like, who's blocking? I saw Derrick Henry on a zone read with Trevor Lawrence. That's an abomination. <laughs> that should not exist in a flag football game. I mean, yeah, I, let's be real. As soon as those alternates got listed, we should have just thought, like, okay, this is... What's that game? Uh, the backyard baseball game? Oh, Where yeah. Where you like, choose your, your team. And yep. like, it was basically like backyard football. Obviously, with flag football is what it is, but even the rosters... You know what I mean? I mean, the roster still had plenty of really good skill players, but I guess it's one of those things. I was amazed at the crowd they drew. Yeah, true. Packed stadium to yeah. watch this, which is proof again. I've always said the NFL could just run the countdown screen from the NFL red zone on the weekend, and that thing would rate in the top 100 broadcasts of the year. Yeah. Because we're going we're gonna to take what we're given. Yeah. But I thought Josh Jacobs, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, had kind of the statement of the weekend. He was asked if he was a fan of the new Pro Bowl format, and he said, quote, this shit's stupid. <laughs> he went on to say that the NFL should just send the players and their families on vacation to Hawaii. And, Brandon, I understand his sentiment. The thing is, is we're figuring out a new middle ground. Right. Because... The game itself, once we go all the way back, you remember our former teammate Tyler Eifert, yeah. who was coming off of an incredible season, yep. double-digit touchdown receptions for the Cincinnati Bengals, and then injured his ankle playing in the Pro Bowl in a way that had a real effect on the rest of his career. And I think after that, that was when you really saw the decline of any semblance of physicality in that game. Yeah. So we've been searching for a new normal. And it's to make good for the fans, right? you got to have the players in front of the fans. That's sort of the give. Hey, we're going to send you to Vegas. We'll send you to Hawaii. We need you out interacting with our fans. This is a celebration of football weekend like every All-Star weekend is supposed to be. Right. We need you front-facing, doing something for our fans if you guys don't want to hit anymore, which I get. I'm just saying, once again, flag football to me was not the most entertaining use of their time. All the other games were way more impressive. The best catch thing really kind of came in like a lion, went out like a lamb. But I would do away with the flag football game. So I think a couple things here. I think Josh Jacobs represents us in a real way because he's nostalgic because he probably got in the NFL wanting to be in the Pro Bowl and getting an opportunity to go to Hawaii and play that in that game. And also when it comes to the fan perspective is – you're fans of them because of the way they play football. And if they're not playing football, it's kind of a, it's it's watered down. And it, it obviously it's safer for them and probably more fun, but it's not like the fans get more one-on-one -on -one time. It's not like the meet and greet line is shorter uh, by doing it this way. It's just – I guess I just mean to the point of – hey, just send us on paid vacation. Like, it's never just okay. going to be, hey, we'll send you on vacation because we got to give the fans something. So I still think there's more. Again, I think your solution is on the basketball court. It is an athlete. Let them play knockout. Let them play a five-on-five yeah. five pickup that, game that, between that, 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 A. A whole thing. Maybe a whole weekend of SEALs Challenge. I'm saying the way they did it, because the way they did it with the Pro Bowl flag football game is it was several small flag football games broken up with the other events that added up in at the end. And so if you space those out with various basketball games, you are going to get better effort. Yeah. Like, instead of the best catch contest, have those guys do a dunk contest. Right. You've got enough incredible athletes to pull that off. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Well, and also I think that there's some pride there of being good at the other athletic thing. Like, how many, oh. how many people that – did we play football with they had scholarship offers d1 to other places to play football. brandon how many people do we play with me. that routinely 
used to argue in our locker room that the Notre Dame football team could field a five-man basketball roster that could beat our scholarship men's basketball team. These are people with delusions of grandeur. And I know some of them are incredibly talented, but the notion that they would have beat our team that spends all their time playing basketball, yeah. even the Notre Dame men's basketball team, that has not always been you know, the Elite Eight appearances that we saw with Pat Connaughton and Jerry and Grant, right. but still a group of dedicated D1 players. Like That is what lives inside football players is that kind of irrational confidence. It's true, though. There's some validity to it a little bit because in my time at Notre Dame, some of the more athletic things I've seen on a basketball court was some of those runs. Oh, no. I'm like, saying I, athletic, I, I get. Okay. But it's the skill portion yeah, of yeah, these true, things. True, true, true. Yes. Dribbling with both hands and, and whatnot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Being able to finish with the opposite <laughs> hand. So I still think that would be the solution for the Pro Bowl. So we'll wait and see what happens with the rest of that one. Overall, had a good time with the weekend. I thought a lot of those things really did play well. And now I think it's good because who says we have to run it back the exact same way next sure. year? Take the feedback so, from stuff like this and then figure out what the best possible meeting in the middle is for everybody. I was going to say, I think even if they do it this same way, if they push it to after the Super Bowl, like we're used to, maybe a little bit more hype. It's not usually after the Super Bowl. It's always the weekend Pro before, Bo- isn't it? Pro Bowl? They, it hasn't been after the Super Bowl? I thought when it was in Hawaii, it was after the Super Bowl. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Either way, I mean, going back to Hawaii, I don't know, the value of like replacement travel-wise for me in Hawaii has always been a conflict. I get to go to the Pro Bowl when I was a kid. My dad used to cover it for NFL Live mm, nice. all the time. Yeah. And so I was getting to meet like Jonathan Ogden and those guys mm. back in the day. And it was awesome, but it's a really long trip. And you can have plenty of fun in Vegas and some of these other places without nearly the plane ride. So story for another day there. Yeah. That's the last chapter of that part. We get to turn the page to Super Bowl week now, which is exciting. We have you know plenty of prop bets that we're going to get into along the week. I feel like, Brandon, so we had to make a pick with DraftKings here. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have on paper picked the Eagles. Yes. And I like that pick. every single day, I get more nervous when I watch Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like at the end of the week. I see the injury reports come out all last week. You've got yeah. so many of those Kansas City wide receivers listed as questionable. Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, all these injuries that we know they limped out of the AFC Championship game with. But the Mahomes thing, as we set up this week, is just looming in the distance for me in a way that scares the hell out of me. I hear you, but in my recollection of watching Patrick Mahomes, it seems like unlike the Patrick Edward Thomas Patrick Edward Brady thing, yeah. You don't get a chance to see Mahomes on the field in the last drive. It always seems to be, okay, Patrick did his job. Now the defense special teams have to, to have to like stand strong and, and, and finish things out. I'm I haven't seen enough of Patrick Mahomes finishing games well, for me to be really afraid of him. But after that peg leg game he had. Well, the peg leg game, you go back to last year against Buffalo, the getting down ooh, the field yeah. in 13 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, He's got true. it all. It is just the rest of the team holding up. Right. That Chiefs D line that looked so good last week against a banged-up Bengals line, is it going to look the same against the monsters that are led by Jason Kelsey and company up front for the Eagles? There's a ton of football reasons that we'll get to that I very much trust the Eagles team as a whole. I mean, Jalen Hurts injured shoulder and the existence of Patrick Mahomes, who like also selfishly, I want to see Mahomes continue to accomplish great things so we can watch this great stuff unfold. But the Eagles are rolling into this healthy in all the right places at all the right times. It's going to be a fascinating test of my willpower this week to see if I can stick with that pick. So you all heard it. You all know right now. 
And while Stugat said it's fun to go out and give different picks on different plays, I'm going to try to have some integrity this week as we dive further and further into the matchups that go along. Again, some of our favorite prop bets on this one. By the way, I'll give you this one early on. Kenneth Gainwell, over under in rushing yards. I believe the last I saw it on DraftKings Sportsbook said at 19 and a half yards. Yeah. Wild for a guy that's gotten double-digit touches each of the last couple of games. Has done a great job spelling Miles Sanders. Went over 100 oh, yards in their yeah. game against the uh, Giants, I believe. So that's a guy with just the volume and the way his role is in this offense right now. He only needs one. And when you've got a quarterback like Jalen Hurts uh, that does so much damage in this, the over on that seems like easy money to me. No, I'm, just, I'm giving I've, you that one for free right now. I don't like that because Boston Scott exists, and he's been on a heater. Boston Scott is on a heater inside the five-yard line. He's got his area. Okay, okay. I'm okay. saying Kenneth Gainwell in the open field. That just feels like a free one. But, again, we'll get into that as we go on all week. Before you move on, though, I always like to go opposite of you, and I think I do like the David and Goliath story that's matching up with Patrick Mahomes and just how great that Eagles' entire roster is. If Patrick Mahomes pulls the upset, this is – more legacy stuff for him, that he, in the, obviously in the year that he's going to win the MVP. I know that's the thing that looms over all this is they bet on him being a player that his sole presence would impact the team enough to absorb the loss of Tyreek Hill and the other things that we've talked about. And that bet has proven true at every step of the way. So betting against him here feels like a dumb thing to do, but this Eagles team that has had a much easier road to go through the NFC yeah. does look like the armored car that we've talked about. So... It is going to be a week full of these conversations with two very exclusive exceptions to this. Because normally during Super Bowl week, nothing cuts through the talk. We are all happy to bask in the glow of the NFL for one more week before we get oh, on to yes. you know the remnants of the Senior Bowl that just happened this weekend, the Shrine Game. We move on to the NFL Combine. The yeah. NFL never stops, but the NBA starts to take center stage. Marked Madness is coming up here pretty soon. You've got angry, you know, grouchy old Jim Beheim popping off already. Yeah. Tale as old as time. Song yeah. as old as rhyme. But this week, we're going to have two things that cut through the fray. One happened this weekend in that the Brooklyn Nets star point guard Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. And in record time, it feels like Brooklyn felt like they were willing to oblige him. Uh, okay, record time, but also it felt like it was something that was just left in the queue. Like, if you was to stop that trade market value when he first asked for it, it was probably 40% uploaded. Is that fair to say? Probably, although from what you hear around this, it seemed to have caught a fair amount of people off guard. When you looked at the net season, they had been near the top of the East. I believe they'd been sitting about fourth as of late, fourth yeah. and fifth. Kevin Durant out being injured. They had experienced a bit of a slide during that time, but it had finally been trending in the right direction for the most part. Kyrie Irving had been extremely productive. Yeah. I think so far this season, Kyrie Irving had been averaging 27-5-5 five and five per game this season on pretty efficient numbers. It had all been going well. It had been quiet for a while after everything that happened with right. sharing anti-Semitic videos and all the conversation early in the year. And so this kind of popped up out of nowhere at a time where we know Kyrie Irving wanted a long-term max extension this offseason. Didn't get it from Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving knows, hey, they don't have Kevin Durant right now. They kind of need me. And so if I was going to take my shot at it, this would be the time coming up right on that February 9th trade deadline. Yeah. And he got it as Kyrie Irving, it was announced on Sunday, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, would be traded to the Dallas Mavericks 
that's the surprise part for me because I you never want to count Kyrie out if he wants to be out of somewhere he always wants to be out somewhere so like when I heard it I was like oh yes I feel like I was just waiting on it for some reason but for him to go to to Texas kind of makes sense with the rhetoric but outside of that very very confusing oh my god he's gonna have so many JFK theories that he gets off now (laughs) I don't want to get political with it, but when I found out he was in Texas, I was like, yeehaw, Kyrie in Texas. I had, a, about right. I had a lot of people tweeting me that he will have much more of a market for some of his conspiracies, but oh, that's a story man. for another day. Uh, he has moved. Uh, so the Mavericks are sending Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, return game, man. back to the Nets, and an unprotected 2029 first-round pick and a second-rounder in 27 and 29 to the Nets in exchange for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. So protection coming along with him. Well, yeah, I was saying Markeith Morris, but that, that for the – okay, I know we're going to get into it logistically. Very, very impressed with Mark Cuban with the Gonads to go ahead and pull this off. Sure. Right, I think – Having uh, Jason Kidd as a head coach helps in whatever relationship that, you know, that point guard to point guard type stuff. But it just seems like a team that struggles on defense, the Dallas Mavericks, adding Kyrie Irving and getting rid of Spencer Dinwiddie and other places, people that could help on the defense seems like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, what, are the, what are the Mavericks trying to do? Well, they're trying to go all in right now in a tightly contested middle of the West, right? So the Mavs are in sixth right now. They are all of two games behind the third-place Sacramento Kings and also on the other side, only three games ahead of the 13th-place Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm just saying, that's not to diminish the Lakers. We'll talk about them in a second. But that middle group of the West, outside of really Denver that's – really heads and tails away from everyone now that Memphis has fallen back down to earth a little bit. They're four and a half games ahead of the Grizzlies in first place. Once you get to Sacramento, three through 12 is in a pretty bottlenecked area. And so Mark Cuban's saying, hey, at the trade deadline, we're going to go all in. Luka Doncic is playing MVP basketball, obviously banged up right now. But the thought of getting those two back – at first struck me as a bit strange, right? One, I think it's just because of the jersey. We had already photo-edited him into so many Lakers uniforms. Or, that, or Clippers. Right. And yeah. either one of those, for some reason, would have felt more right than yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, who have been wearing a lot of green this year in a way that weirds me out. A lot of teams going with their alternates. I saw the Bucks wearing their old purple alternates. It's just been, yeah. it's been strange for me as a viewer. But I just think that jersey was not one that I had predisposed myself to with Kyrie Irving. So this felt weird. And the usage thing, as everyone's pointed out, right? When you've got Luka Doncic out there, he's going to be dominating the ball. He's best when he is distributing, yeah. working there. Obviously, really powerful, unique matchup for people. It seemed weird because Kyrie Irving is another ball-dominant player. Now, he just came from playing with Kevin Durant. Was playing with James Harden last year, although they didn't really play much with each other at any given point because of the timing and all that. 16 games those three played together. But he's also in the past played with LeBron James, who while Luka doesn't necessarily qualify as a point forward, it's the same idea. Big-bodied ball handler who's also going to dominate a lot of the touches. So he knows how to do this. I think the biggest concern now is just can you hit this quick – before what seems to be the inevitable part of the Kyrie Irving lifespan happens and things go bad for you on the oh back end. Oh, my gosh. That's just where we're at at this point, Brandon. There's too much proof for us to look at it any other way than you've got a shelf life time-wise with Kyrie before things inevitably start to break down. No, I wouldn't say that. I would say that a lot where of that has that not to, been true? 
I said a lot of that has to do with the ownership front office decisions that Kyrie has constantly had an issue with. And everywhere he's been, there's been plenty of tumultuous situations there. I mean, haven't you ever we, from from the Celtics to to the Nets to before that with the with the Cavs? Like I'm just saying, after a while, it's that saying we've said on this podcast before: if everywhere you go smells like shit, it he, might he wipes. It might be I, you. Listen, I, I think like I Kyrie think this is not blam- most... Kyrie is not blameless in any of the spots that you mentioned. Right? right? He called years later and apologized to LeBron James for trying to get his way out of there for not understanding Sorry, what sure. it took to lead. You get to Boston in that situation, then when all of a sudden the youngsters figured out they could do it, and there was the friction there. And then now in this situation in Brooklyn, the guy missed a bunch of time because of everything around the vaccine, which if you want to extend grace because it was a global pandemic, extend some grace because it was a global pandemic and things are different. But he had a lot of agency in the way that things went. And those ways that things went constantly had him at odds with everybody else. At some point, Kyrie is the common denominator in all of this. So all I'm saying is if you look into the past, if you're the Mavs, You've got an incredible basketball player on your team. One of the most skilled point guards to ever play the game. And a guy who, again, because of who and what he has played around in the past, I think can actually find a way to get in where he fits in there. And so you've got a lot of production in that backcourt. But again, the other part of this conversation, and the part that absolutely portrays or pertains to the Los Angeles Lakers, who are all reportedly interested in Kyrie. Yes, it's about sure. what he wants contractually on the other side of this. And if you're an organization, are you willing to commit four years and the almost $200 million of max money to Kyrie Irving on the other side of this, knowing how this is eventually gone at so many stops? That should, that should be a no-brainer. That should be a no-brainer because the front office should know if they have their SH together, then Kyrie would be happy. Because one thing we found out is after the whole – him wanting a trade and Joe Sy and and um, uh, what's his name Steve Nash talking about Arizona uh, or Phoenix, all that stuff happened. I think we saw Kyrie turn it on in a real way, the basketball on to the point where we're like, oh yeah, like I he mean we've wants seen to him play. turn the basketball on at all these spots. But I think, but I think he's he's had to turn it on in other play in other places where I think now that faucet is leaking. Like I think he consistently just wants to play basketball and now that he had his value back up by playing basketball he was like let's get back to the conversation I still went out of this place I'm sorry Kevin Durant this is your team it was going to be his team anyways and we don't know what egos but, leading into that either but, but I Brandon, think now again to the point about it being Kyrie he was there because Kevin Durant and him were reportedly so close that KD wanted him there it was the perfect situation where he has much power and leverage as anywhere he was going to go and now that all of a sudden becomes a situation he wanted out of at the end. So he wanted a situ- out of a situation with the greatest basketball player in the modern era in LeBron James, a Boston Celtics team that is now perennially atop the Eastern Conference with the core that he left behind, and Kevin Durant, oh who's another guy who lays claim to being one of the best basketball players in the world on any given year. Like, again, I'm just saying at some okay. point you have to wonder, especially in, in Dallas – He's going to go down there. It's Luca's show. Exactly. It is not Kyrie's show. I think he's comfortable with And so they are going to prioritize Luca and not Kyrie Irving. And so what about anything that we just said in all those spots where someone else was prioritized over him and then it ends up not going well makes you think this is going to go better? Learning and growth. From Kyrie. Learning and growth. The I same, think that's, this, what, that's what is not being evaluated. The same in guy this who was just po- posting more 
badly yes. timed videos in the Instagram feed, the same place where he posted yes. before, who clearly has learned very little about the things he was supposed to learn about this year. Yes, because, because uh, who you are as a person and how you are morally is regional. And it is important for him to be in a place where he's going to be supported. And he can't be supported up there because he's ruffled enough feathers and he needed to get the hell out of there. And I think this might be a nice resurgent year for him or, or an area for him to get close to Luka, see what it's like to play with LeBron again, and just kind of get back into the groove of – I think he's done trying to build the teams. There's a long point in time where all these stars were trying to do the LeBron James thing where they're like, okay, I know the guys – I know the decisions. I can put the team together. I think Brooklyn with the James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving was the first time they all looked at themselves in the mirror and was like, oh, okay, maybe this is harder than I think. It isn't as simple as just putting the names on the roster and just throwing the ball out there. I think Kyrie has learned that now to the point where he is at a place now in Dallas where there's a lot of decision makers that he trusts. What makes you say that? Like, what has Kyrie shown you that makes you say that? I'm genuinely asking. I think the, the, fact, that, the fact that he's leaving, the fact that he is still committed to leaving the Brooklyn Nets tells me that he has, he has grown in the way that, that means that he knows this isn't going to be a good place for him anymore. I just don't know how we can look at any of this and see growth. Like... Maybe the situation in Brooklyn had overall just soured. This it was, was a place bad. where... I mean, it was bad in large part because of his role in all of this. Jacques Vaughn has nothing to do with his role there. Like, I think there was the the hiring of Steve Nash. Let's, let's not forget how controversial that was at the time. Maybe that was just a bad hire altogether. Maybe Joe Sy made it the wrong It was, decision. but Steve Nash didn't have Kyrie Irving off the court for as many games as Kyrie was off for. Steve Nash didn't have the other stars injured. Steve Nash didn't ha be the one that put James Harden out there largely by himself and towards the end of the season. Like, I understand the Steve Nash hire was probably ill-advised in retrospect and that letting him be the choice of the players or whatever it was at that point that ended up becoming at odds this summer. Probably a mistake in retrospect, but I'm saying as we look at assigning blame for how things have gone in Brooklyn, it's going to be a little bit further down the list it's, just knowing the effect that coaching in general has in the NBA okay. relative to the effect the great players have in the NBA. I, I think the, the media aspect is a little bit different than whatever was happens in reality. Obviously, terrible everything that Kyrie has done in the last two to three calendar years when it comes to proving that he is a someone that you can give a four-year contract to. Like, yes, he has been detrimental in that, in that regard. Yeah, to himself. Exactly. But I think there is – there's a reality to a change of scenery needing to happen. Like the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie is back on the Nets isn't Kyrie Irving's fault. That's that's the Brooklyn Nets' fault for like they're bad. They're a bad franchise. Like you can have a bunch of good players, but that doesn't change the fact that in your foundation, in your core, you're a bad franchise. And that's what Kevin Durant and Kyrie tried to do at Brooklyn, and they couldn't do it because they couldn't pretty up the shit. They couldn't pretty. They up could the dirt. never get on the court together. That's one of the reasons why they couldn't pretty up the shit? Yes, because of him. It's not be okay. Kevin okay. I because of him. Spencer Dinwiddie, by the way, incredible homecoming for Spencer Dinwiddie, who sure. was there when they built that up to a playoff team where they then harvested True. all of that material to bring those guys in. Yes. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. 
That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it, and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. The other side of this, Brandon, the Lakers portion of things. Okay. And this was according to uh, Sam Amick over at The Athletic. said the Lakers were only looking to give the Nets the kind of return they were requesting if Irving was willing to accept the two-year $78.6 million extension that they could immediately agree to as part of the deal. He's eligible for that four-year $198 million maximum extension uh, June 3rd. Uh, that would be the one where it's a, until that date he's eligible for that extension. So for you, disappointed then that the Lakers were not able to get Kyrie Irving, yes or no? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's Rob Plink has been effing up left and right for a very, very long time. Uh, the Lakers front office just seem, can't seem to get things done, obviously. It's, but that's another thing. It's like the franchise makes bad decisions. Like Russell Westbrook was a bad decision. We can make it cute. Well, we can make it good. He's I mean, been, he's been that okay. was LeBron's boy, though. Like, that was LeBron's guy. I, I can't. LeBron even tweeted yesterday. It's 6 o'clock or at 538. Uh, I forget what time zone we're on. I've been in three lately. Maybe it's me. <laughs> Which, by the way, huge miss on Grammy night for LeBron James not to go, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Taylor yeah. Swift was at the Grammys looking phenomenal. Hey, okay, I don't know. She Okay, good. I'm happy for She's her. She's really leaning into her Midnight's era. It's incredible. The I'm March glad. 24th can't get here soon enough. It's going to be a great concert. But, again, missed opportunity by LeBron. But even he's saying maybe it's me. He understands the importance he has in this. It's not him. It's it's your buddies, though. It is Rich Paul and his relationship with uh, Rob Palenka. It is Jeannie Buss. It is the Lakers franchise that can't seem to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Like, I think that Kyrie is still in play for the Lakers because I think Kyrie – as we've talked about and as we're arguing about, is a long-term option as a star for a specific franchise, pending on all the shit that goes along with it. So it sounds like, according to you, players have no role in any of the things that go wrong in these franchises. Not no role. I mean, Kevin Durant, if he had a different shoe size, maybe they'd be going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So you're willing to blame him for that and not Kyrie Irving for anything that went on in Brooklyn? 
I mean, Kyrie, he put 60 up on the Magic. <laughs> Kevin Durant lifted that okay. team by his damn self. How dare you? Uh, okay, Kyrie was never that guy. That was. I Kyrie's just want to know why no, you're defending was, him so much. Kyrie, this has become fascinating to me now because, like, is this because I'm like criticizing him? No, it's not. It's not. It's not a you thing. It's not because of you. It, you are the problem. It's you. There you, um, go. you get it. Uh, I think Kyrie, after the LeBron James saga in Cleveland, likened himself. As a a star, a superstar. He, then then he the went court, to Boston. He is an a superstar. He is not. He is not. He's not. He's not. And I think he learned that in Brooklyn. He learned that in Boston that he can't handle all the outside stuff that goes on with being an a guy. Like I don't know when he shows up to practice, but I don't know if he's greeting everybody. You know what I mean? Like I think there's a little bit to the leadership stuff that Kobe talks about that. Tim Duncan talks about when he opens his mouth that we not see we don't see from Kyrie and I think he's realizing that he really likes being souped up Robin like he likes being Darkwing or and that's not Darkwing what's the I don't know you would know that reference is it Nightwing it is Nightwing thank you so much thank thank you so much Uh, uh, Dick Grayson Um, but anyways he he realizes that oh I serve myself better as a A plus one like I did when I won my first championship with Cleveland I think he learned that in Brooklyn and now he is. Humbling himself, not humbling himself because, you know, he's going to get the money wherever he needs and he still wants that max contract. Whatever that, whatever the figures for will be what the figures for, but it will be after he continues to prove his worth with a star like Luka Dantes right there. Because I don't think he wants to go somewhere and be the one lone star. He doesn't want them problems. I mean, he wasn't the lone star in Brooklyn. That's my whole point is he was in this exact role in Brooklyn with a better one. Yeah, I feel like he still, I feel like he still thought there was a potential – that he could go out there and prove and show with everyone else on the floor just how one and one that he is to KD but then or why close to James why Harden he, is. Why and then he, he realizes it's not. He, but, he, then, but then the realization should have been, all right, I need to cede more control to Kevin when he comes back, not blow this thing up. Like, it's a, listen, if it's about the money, then go for it. Like, I hope this works out well because it would mean that we got the Kyrie back that's just a good basketball player and stops being so distracting and so self-sabotaging away from the basketball court. Because when he is at his best on the court, he's one of the most incredible players I've gotten to watch in my lifetime. There are a few point guards in the league that can do the things that he has done. And God, for this Mavericks team, if you get a healthy Luka back who's been playing like an MVP, and you do get the version of Kyrie Irving that played with LeBron for those seasons in Cleveland, we've seen how potent that can be. It's not to say that Luka is a one-to-one conversion for LeBron. Obviously, he's not that player, but he's incredible. And so in this year's Western Conference that we've talked about, where it's a little bit of a different party up top with some of the names involved outside of Denver, it's really exciting. I just look again objectively at everything that's happened along the way, and I go, all right, this year, awesome for a run. I would have concerns as a franchise about making him a max deal, okay. four-year long-term commitment for the team, just based off what we've seen everywhere else with a guy that is as difficult to figure out as Kyrie Irving is. And I think he's trying to figure himself out too, so it's difficult for everybody. But I will say this, and this is where I'm trying to cape up for him, I think he knows that he can only rewrite his story elsewhere, and he's running towards that. We will see. The Lakers portion of this. So they're not going to be without him. The only other portion of basketball that will break through this week. LeBron James currently 36 points away from breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. Their next game will come up Tuesday of this week against Oklahoma City. He had 27 in a losing effort against New Orleans. Now – 
This is significant, as you talked about, and I heard Brian Windhorst talk about this on ESPN Daily. Awesome podcast. Brian's obviously covered him going back. They both went to St. Vincent, St. Mary. Yeah. His mom was a health teacher there with them. LeBron James, this is, as you pointed out, about longevity. Yeah. He is not the best scorer that's played during his lifetime on right. the NBA court, but he's been an incredible scorer mm-hmm. long enough because of the work he's put in, what he's done with his body, to be in a position to break this record. How he breaks this record is going to be interesting because I heard from Brian Winhorst that apparently LeBron has been practicing a skyhook. How would you feel about LeBron James intentionally okay. trying okay. to pass Kareem That's... with his own world-famous skyhook That's... in a game? Okay, Brian. Brian, shut the f- up. No, Brian, Brian, Brian didn't report that. Okay, excuse it me. Was, they brought it up on their God. Why'd you turn that on Wendy? He's done nothing. He's done nothing wrong. Because we've seen. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay. Let me tell okay. you how it was laid out. Okay. Is it had been talked about that reportedly LeBron had done a bad job of hiding the fact that he had been practicing a skyhook. Okay. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Because if anyone has been paying attention to these Laker antics before games, there's some kind of weird dance shooting game that LeBron is starting with the Lakers. The only time they have fun on the court, and it and it ends with him doing a skyhook from somewhere in the in the arena, and he does a little weird dance, and he's one of LeBron meme faces, and then everybody gets together. So. We've seen him practice it all season long, and that's why I was just how like, okay, it, don't try make, to break news would, by just saying something we saw on he's, TikTok. He's not breaking news, but how would you feel if he intentionally tried to break the record on that shot? I mean, I, I, would, I love that. I love that so much. Not in a petty way, but in a – Because him and Kareem don't have a real relationship. No, no, there no. There appears to be a little bit of animosity there. Right, but LeBron James – a number James, of different things. But LeBron James, like Drake, is a true student of the game and would love to pay homage in a way that – that's like that's that's very full circle for the thing. Like I don't know if you watched the uh, Showtime uh, Lakers HBO series, but it was Kareem teaching Magic the skyhook, which Magic won won this uh, championship with. Don't do this just yet. But it, and obviously this could have been dramatic uh, drama dramatized. But he said that what's great about the skyhook is when you're up there and it's just you and the ball. And it's, it's a very solitary, like, alone thing that happens, which is what Kareem is uh, what infamous for, is just kind of being a loner and being by himself. And LeBron's the exact opposite team guy. So I do think it, in, a, in a symmetrical form of the NBA and, and surpassing Kareem, it's LeBron being too much of a um, – like he's thinking about his movie a little bit too much. Like he's being too but he's, drama. He's all TNT right now. He's always done that though. Like the Hey Cleveland, this is for you. Did that feel yeah. spontaneous to you? Like, yeah, I mean that's spontaneous, but from the heart. I mean it was the, it was from, from the, the donuts. it was from the heart that I'm sure he had planned. He's a guy who's had a camera on him since he was a teenager in high school. Right. Those I'm interviews even, were great. I'm not even saying he's wrong for it. I'm just saying that's a guy that's fully aware of how he's presenting things. Yeah. Fully aware of the moment that he's upon. Okay. And knows this Lakers team's in 13th place right now. It's not like you're constantly – like you're still very much in contention because, like we said, it's bottlenecked in the middle of the conference. Yeah. But this Anthony is a Davis. guy who also understands. All right, history is the next thing on the docket. That's going to happen it's, this week. Yeah. either in that game against Oklahoma City or the one that they have up next after that. And so he's just ready for the moment the way he's always been. Like, that's the one thing I thought about a lot as this record was coming up and where LeBron sits on everything because everyone always asks, like, the LeBron or Jordan thing. Yeah. I've realized that I think the reason 
I've always leaned LeBron, mm -hmm. in part because I've seen him yeah. so much oh, yeah. more during my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But it's also that fact of he was always ready, more than ready for every moment. Like this, yeah. this is a microcosm of his career where right. for Michael Jordan – you could argue so much of the you know, psychology of the way he is, mm -hmm. the most ruthless competitor in the history of the league, was because you know didn't make the JV team in high school and had right. to go play in college and you know all these things where he wasn't the chosen one at 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Where LeBron was supposed to have been this True. from day one, True. and he has been this since day one. Like, every step of the way, while the journey hasn't mirrored Jordan in a perfect six-for-six six in finals, to do it the way he's done with all the things in the modern world and to be ready and to be prepared for all of these moments, yeah. that's been the amazing part, yeah. is that every step of the way. And so it should be no surprise that he's practicing the skyhook to be ready for this, even in a way that feels a little bit too Hollywood for us, because this guy's been Hollywood since he was 16 years old. He doesn't know anything but else, and the fact that he still managed to do all of this is amazing. I hear you, but I think saying he's Hollywood is a little bit too much of a slight for. I think oh, it's probably, I, I, well, I don't I mean that. I know, as a I know you don't, but yeah. I think I think it probably a better term for it is storybook. Yes, because like he, when you talk about early LeBron, like it's not just him coming to the NBA, one of the last players to go straight from high school to the NBA, but it's the Eastern Conference Finals, the three uh, over the, the the those the Orlando Magic with Dwight Howard and uh, all, you know, like it was. Was there him. was moments where he just like solidified who the f he was over and over and over again. Different teams, like and and almost instantly. Yeah, I like mean, you didn't just... have to wait. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, even, even with the bubble thing, like people talk about like how silly he was and it and it doesn't count. I was like, well, I mean, it it happened. It was and an... he won a, he won a championship with the Lakers. What's I going to do? It was another thing that he was ready for. Yeah. Like, again, that's the common thread yes. is. He's ready for the pickup basketball game and it, that was basketball in the bubble. And it's, it's not to say it was all handled perfectly. Again, his yeah, relationship oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Kareem. Yeah. Not a thing that was always handled perfectly. The decision. Like, I remember sitting watching that in college. Yeah. Like not always, like not always handled the best. I mean, his relationship with Michael Jordan. I mean, whatever it is, like I think there's a reality to he's fighting against a lot of forces, and through it all, he's not only been one of the best basketball player and arguably the best basketball player that ever played the game. He's now surpassing a milestone that everyone said was never going to be surpassed. Exactly. So it, it is amazing, and that's why when it comes time. And Tuesday rolls around. Yeah. If he breaks it, then in the middle of Super Bowl week, that will be the thing that cuts through on Wednesday of Super. Honestly, also great timing because Radio Row and everything really only gets roaring Thursday and Friday. True, true. And so, yeah. if LeBron knew content the way we know he knows content, he does. Wednesday seems like a good day to go ahead and be the center of attention on this. So. <laughs> Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus, 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. We will wait and see on that. Tons of NBA news to start off the week. We're looking forward to football news the rest of the week, but more so, Brandon, we're looking forward to this because the rest of the week we are going to be live recording over at Radio Row. We're, again, recording in a hotel executive room right now or conference room, which is awesome. It's incredible. We've had a great time in here. Love it. But this also means this is probably the last time you're going to be singing this week. Yep. So we wanted to really send off this, that, and the third uh, singing wise in style this week as best we possibly can with one that's very near and dear to us, Brandon. Yeah, Mike. So uh, I have to ask you the question. Do you know what time it is? I do, Mike. I know exactly what time it is. And uh, this time around, you do too. This is a song that I didn't even know existed until I met your white ass. But... I'm very happy you brought it into my life, and it is a very special moment for us in the media landscape that we had no idea about. But I want you, I want to do a little duet. Is that fair? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't really. I don't know where it starts. So it does. It starts right there, actually. So oh, you got to rewind it a little bit. <laughs> Just, okay. Okay. Let me do it. Okay. Right. All right. You ready? Okay, no, you got, you got to go back a little farther than that. God, I mean, you didn't give us, you didn't give us any runway. I, I mean, usually All I... Right, okay. One more time. Here we go. You ready? I hear the drums echoing tonight, but she only hears the whispers of some quiet conversation. She's coming in 12.30 flight The moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me toward salvation I stopped an old man along the way hey, Hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies He turned to me as if to say Hurry boy, it's waiting there for you Take a lot to get me away from you. There's nothing I ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. It's gonna take some time to do this. That and the third. That may work. I'm fuck with it in post, but that may have worked. That might have just worked. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> uh, this, that, and the third, three quick stories. And as always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, go, Joe, wherever you get your podcast. Leave it a five-star rating. Dude. Tell Brandon, and I in this case, what a great job we did. <sighs> and and for, for this, Brandon, I want people to understand why that song is so special for the last <laughs> this, that, and the third of the week. Sunday, February 5th, was the 40th anniversary of Africa by Toto hitting number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Mm. Now, people may be wondering, Mike, Brandon, you guys are 33 years old. Why the hell would that matter to you? Glad you asked. So, 
Before Brandon and I really got cooking in any real capacity in True. front of or behind the camera, yeah. we were taking a film and television class mm -hmm. with, God rest her soul, the late Karen Heisler, one of our favorite people, unfortunately yeah. gone way too soon in a way that makes us very sad. Yeah. You and I were fortunate to take a lot of classes with Karen. Mm -hmm. She had the unenviable task of trying to get very tired college students <laughs> to participate in a dark and very cool classroom Ooh. coming off of practice when... Falling asleep was something that could easily happen. I never really considered how lucky we were to get a chance to have a class in the theater because it was just prime oh, sleeping territory. So, it was so nice. Yeah. We were in sweats coming off. It was just, yeah. mm. So she had to try and start to party a little bit. Right. And so one of the ways that she did that was for a class project, she said if anyone sang or did Ooh. an interpretive dance. No, I got you. No. All right. It was even, it was even deeper than that. To keep us interested and stimulated, it was – Everyone in the class had a basically had a like talent show thing. Yeah, and it was if you did a song or interpretive dance, you would get an A, no questions asked. Like even if, <laughs> I don't remember that, that. That was how I remember it was it was sold to you as if that. you did a song or a dance, if you did something creative, uh, you were going to get high marks. Oh, she for wanted that, for yeah, that, not for the that, class, not for the class for that project. Yes. She wanted people to put yes. themselves out there okay, and go yes, hard for yes, that yes, project. Yes, yes. And so you and I decided for yes. some reason. Well, this was I had did I did something else. I what I did for my project was I put After Today from the Goofy movie on YouTube and muted it and then sang every character's part. You, before, I don't know, I didn't know what you were going to do, but you leaned over to me and you said, hey, I'm about to sing this song. I need you to dance during it. And I said, bet. Yeah, and I sang to I sang Africa by Toto, right. and you did the interpretive dance. So yes. I did the song, you did the dance, yes. we got an A. Yes. And what happened in the process of that is someone in our class was filming it. Mm -hmm. And that someone was also interning at the local, um, I believe, WNDU. I, I, I think it was I think the local one, NBC affiliate. It, it wasn't the NBC affiliate. That was, was it the WSBT? Problem. It was SBT. Okay. Yes. So either way, one of the local news stations. Yes. And brought that video in there, and it ended up making the news. And it ended up going, things didn't go viral back then because this right. was like 2008, 2009, but it went local viral. Yes. South Bend viral. And Which sounds bad. Yeah, it, it, boy, it does. But it was kind of our first little taste of collaborating on something creative yes. and it going well. And people liking it. it they did. Yeah. And so much so, I will maintain this to this day. I was not keeping a diligent record of what the Notre Dame marching band played at football games. But Mike, not long after that, Mike. Toto from Af or Africa by Toto started making its appearances yes. played by the band at football games. Yes. I think in no short order because of what we did. I think we made that. I, Look around you. I, None I, of this was here before us. We it, created this. You're you're taking it a, you get a little silly sauce on it, but I, there there's some realness to it. Because Mark Martin was a music teacher that we had and he had an affinity for me and uh, we we had a, we have a relationship still to follow each other on Twitter and he was the band director and he's the one that decided what songs got sang and I think there may have been some synergy there. The math is mathing right now <laughs> in a big time way for <laughs> us. Giving math. So uh, happy 40th anniversary to yes. uh, Africa <laughs> yes. on top of the charts for Billboard and happy creative anniversary to us in Amen. its own cosmic way. Yes, and I, I, I was slightly uncomfortable hearing boy uh in that in that song but uh outside of, <laughs> outside of that great stuff toto <laughs> brandon let's get to that 
Uh, that we hinted <laughs> on the podcast last week. Yeah. It happened. Damn it. We have to say former now. Oh, man. Former Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese accepted the job. The homie. Becoming Alabama's offensive coordinator. Sources told ESPN. Now, since then, Alabama has also hired former Miami defensive coordinator Kevin Steele to fill their defensive coordinator. So Alabama's now filled both its coordinator spots. For what it's worth, we can get to the Kevin Steele thing another day. Tommy, our guy, uh, took the job elsewhere, Brandon. Uh, Tommy was 31-8 and eight as a play caller at Notre Dame, had a trip to the college football playoff in 2020, Fiesta Bowl appearance in 2021. Um, Tommy was a quarterback there when we were there. He was there from 2010 yeah. to 2014. He was our teammate for a few years there. Most of his life as a player, his professional life, has existed at Notre Dame, and it is going to be very weird seeing him wear different colors this fall. And, and enjoy it because that's what he does out there. He's just, he just loves like coaching up these young men and – I can't fault him for having an opportunity to learn under Saban and, and get that experience, Mike, and I'm extremely happy for him. But it's one of those things where it's like when it's your friend, like they're great at it regardless. You yes. know what I mean? And like that's so, so for him to get validated in this way is just is really special. But I, I don't know. I feel my heart goes out to him. Uh, South Bend will continue to have uh, good, talented offensive coordinators, but – what Tommy Reese did, player, uh, and and also took his shit as a player as well. Let's not forget. Yeah. Oh, listen, that's that's the one through line in all of this is that I always believe that Tommy took an undue amount of shit, yeah. both as a player and a coach at Notre Dame, largely because of how fans and their relationship were was with him when right. he was a player. I don't think it was deserved in either end, just because he didn't, as a player, look physically like the right. part of what Notre yes. Dame fans thought or expected their quarterback should be but what he was was tough unbelievably prepared like when Tommy was under center you knew you were going to be in the right play every single time you knew he wasn't going to be moving around but you knew he was going to be where he was supposed to be and when and that was what translated to me as Tommy Reese the player going to Tommy Reese the coach yeah I always laughed there was the notion when he came to Notre Dame that he wasn't going to run the ball enough Mm -hmm. Tommy Reese who when he was in the locker room with us I remember one day we played this game where we asked everyone if you could come back reincarnated as a different position what would it be Tommy said pulling guard like Tommy Tommy Reese it's wild to think about the house he lived in it was Dan Fox who was a linebacker and then Chris Watt who ended up playing football in the NFL as an offensive lineman is back at Notre Dame as an assistant offensive line coach Tyler Eifert who was a first round pick at tight end by the Cincinnati Bengals first tight end off the board and then Zach Martin who's going to be a Hall of Famer and maybe one of the two or three best guards in NFL history all lived in that house and now Tommy's going to be probably I'd imagine I don't know the figures but probably one of the highest paid coordinators at one of the best gigs in college football. That's, and and one of the youngest yeah. uh, offensive co- our coordinators in Division One football to get that house the football house was that was there's some manpower there they they put up some numbers I there. forgot about that because every college is probably used to this but there's a house that has all the parties and it's the football house basketball house and when they got deemed it I was like yeah okay I guess everyone else is out the game like sure they can have it you know they get they got they got enough beef over yeah. there to be the the football house but. Damn, intellectually. Yeah, no, balled out like that. And then, I, I don't know, like Alabama, like for Alabama fans wondering what you're getting, yeah. I truly think one of the best play designers, 
someone who is as creative with the personnel that he has as anyone in college football. Because remember, it was never perfect as far as who was available. We Mm -hmm. know at the quarterback position at Notre Dame, there's a lot of excitement around Sam Hartman because we haven't for a long time had extreme talent there. Ian Book was very productive. But right now, listen, he's on the Eagles practice squad roster. He has a chance for a Super Bowl ring. But he's a guy maxing out his physical ability. Probably never going to be a day-in, day-out starter in the NFL, but we'll see. Right. But him and Tommy were able to make some record-setting numbers while he was in South Bend. This past year, starter goes down early in the season. Drew Pine comes in. You've got one proven weapon on offense, and they're able to make that sing to the tune of nine wins over this season. I think this is a guy that is very creative with the resources at hand. He is old school in his approach. We Mm -hmm. saw that in some of the stuff captured there. But I think Alabama fans should be excited. I know the standard down there. And with what we saw just happen with Bill O'Brien, Tommy not always, I think, being fully appreciated in South Bend is going to be good training for him probably never being good enough for anybody down there either. Yeah, it's 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 in his DNA a little bit too. I I remember always telling him that he looked like he should be in a cubicle somewhere and – I never thought about adding fuel to that fire, Mike. But uh, it's Mike Floyd talked about it to me one time and said that Tommy made some of the best checks that he had ever experienced as a wide receiver inside and outside of college football. And there's just a level of – he's thinking. He's thinking way more. He listens more than he talks, and not enough people can say that. And and Tommy's just a special breed in that way. Yeah, I I just think, you know, he's got an NFL background. He spent time – uh, with the Chargers organization after he did his GA stuff at Northwestern before yeah. he came back to Notre Dame. So uh, I'm excited for the opportunity for him down there. I, it is rooting like, for Alabama, though. I, know. I just thought about that. It's Ugh. I know. It's it's a tough spot to be in, but for our teammates, I'll almost always root for you wherever you oh, go. Yeah, like you said, professional development-wise, it yeah. is a phenomenal opportunity. And that's not to say the Notre Dame offensive coordinator position isn't a great one and a coveted one. I saw the Athletic had it ranked the second-best job opening in college football Damn. right now because you've got two, you know, an All-American and likely a future All-American coming back on the offensive line on the other side. True. A quarterback Damn. who was fourth or fifth in the Heisman odds the last I checked and a team overall that won nine games in its first year under a new head coach. Notre Dame's going to be fine there, but this as an opportunity, what Alabama has been as far as making guys and putting them in a position to go on to Ooh. climb the ladder the way they want to, it's Tommy, awesome. Tommy with a bunch of Michael Mayers? Yeah. I mean, my God. Dangerous. Yeah. No, going to be very exciting. So excited for Tommy. Congratulations to him. Uh, and we will wait now and see who Notre Dame does replace him with at offensive coordinator. Bunch of names out there. Story for another day. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Uh, Brandon, let's finish up with the third. Uh, we did have one more bit of NBA news to finish off the day. Steph Curry, with an injured leg, uh, is expected to be out through the All-Star break in mid-February. Uh, he suffered that injury in Monday's game against Oklahoma City. Um, they got additional clarity on a potential timeline that will be established in the coming days. So it appears to be, I'm going to try and pronounce this, tears to the superior tibiofibular ligaments and to the interiosis membrane. That sounds like some Harry Potter shit. Yeah, or some uh, Canada shit. But, yeah, that does sound – and I don't like that you said that because I didn't want to speak it into existence, but when we were talking about LeBron James breaking the record – in Oklahoma City, you said he breaks it, and I thought about a leg, oh, and I was like, God. "Oh no!" And then this, yeah, no, sh- uh, bottle, bottle that up, okay, put it away. Podcasts do this. Yep, no, they don't. Not this one. Not, the one. Not this one ever. <laughs> Only podcast that has never cursed anyone. Us. Is that true? Right. Uh, yeah, yes, it is. True. Yes, it is true. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're going to rock with here. So, hope Steph gets that recovery, like we said, in the Western Conference right now. The Warriors are eighth currently, which means you're one day away from being third and one day away from being 15th (laughs) at this point where they all sit. And it's been up and down based off injury there, based on how they've come back together. It's been a bit of a struggle as we watch that core get older. And it'd be a little harder even coming off a year where they're defending a title, which is wild to say considering how the season's gone for them already. Yeah. Jordan Poole's uh, stepping to his own, though. Like Those those young players need Steph to be away for them to get better. So, I don't know. it unfortunately may lead to another championship for them. Yeah, again, they're not out of it. This is still a team that I think plenty of people were always going to respect that championship medal. And if we had asked questions about it before, they got answered and re-upped on that this past season. And True so that. they're going to get some of that. We wish Steph a speedy recovery. We wish everyone a great week here. We are excited, Super Bowl 57, to be out here with the DK fam all week. Again, if you enjoyed this, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And follow us at Gojo Show on all the channels so we can show the people where we're going to be all week, Brandon. Is that okay? Give me the stink face. Yes, it is great, but I love a nice, cheap uh, reason for a review. If you want to see anything specifically mm. from us, with us, in Arizona, we will only be listening to the five-star reviews with those suggestions. We will. You go to the front of the pile here. Yes. We might also source from at Gojo Show on Twitter. Yes, if, yes, if yes. If you feel like kicking us to follow and yeah. checking it out there. Yeah. But again, as always, the five-star ratings go to the top of the pile. Yes. So if you do have something specific you want to see, someone you'd like to hear from, a place that you'd like to be taken inside of, if you couldn't make it out to Scottsdale for the trip. Let us do that for you. We're happy to help here. Also, make sure you check us out. Subscribe to the DraftKings YouTube channel. Check out the Gojo of Mike Golick Jr. playlist. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you this week in Arizona. Boom. Money in the bank.